This is Taylor Talk, the number one Taylor Swift podcast brought to you by taylortalk.org. Welcome all to episode 204 of Taylor Talk, the Taylor Swift podcast. My name is Adam. I'm Diane. And I'm Steve. How's everyone doing this week? Good. I was just thinking how I can't believe it's episode 204 already. It seems like we have, I don't know, that's cool. It's been, it's definitely been a, a while since we started this. Um, in fact, uh, just to throw this out there, this is going to be the last episode of 2017. Oh, oh, there's a lot coming up. Of course, there's the holidays. We're going to take a break for the holidays. Our very own Steve has an upcoming birthday. So with a lot going on, we just kind of decided that, uh, as we move forward, we'll see you all again in 2018 after this episode. Of course, we still have this one. So you still got one more. Well, yeah. this current one that you are playing right now on whatever device you're playing in, this is the last <laughs> one for 2017. Oh. It's not like there's an additional one. Don't mislead them. Yeah, you, you made it sound a little confusing there, but yeah. um, Diane, thanks for clearing that up. You're welcome. It's my job. <laughs> okay, we will end 2017 with 204. Okay. Better? Yes. Sounds great. But, um, you know, as we as we head into the new year, it was interesting. I was just kind of reflecting on the history. Diane's like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe it's 204 already. You know, and we are more than 200 episodes in. There was a break in there while Taylor was on break, you know, for the last year and a half or whatever. We were on break for a while as well. But just thinking back, you know, we started this six years ago in 2011 when um, there was not a single Taylor Swift podcast in existence. We were the one and only it was just us yay um (laughs) anyway um you know but fast forward you know when when we all started i don't know about you guys i had no idea what to expect really it was just kind of something to put together to be fun to analyze songs to discuss you know her career and things of that sort but little did i know where we would end up 204 episodes later and six years later you know since then we've topped 5.1 million downloads globally um we've been nominated three times for podcast awards we've like i've mentioned in past episodes helped people learn the english language better people from other countries which is super super cool that's one of my favorite things um you know and speaking to that point there's something interesting because there was another sort of unanticipated effect of starting this and it was that there have since been a variety of podcasts around Taylor Swift that have started as a result. And there was one in particular that stood out to me. um, That is a new one called Swift AM. And the reason this one stood out to me so much is because whereas we've helped people from all over the world help develop their English skills, people that speak another language um, as their first language, this is the first one that I have found anyway. Don't know if there's others out there, but it's the first one I found that is in all Spanish. That is so cool. And so I thought that was interesting. It's a couple of uh, Taylor fans and supporters from Argentina, I believe. Mm -hmm. And they, I I assume they do something similar to what we do in Spanish, but I couldn't quite understand it when I listened to it. So We should try. uh, Yeah, we (laughs) should learn. That was the point I was getting at is as I was listening, (laughs) I was actually helping refresh some of the Spanish skills that I learned back when I was in school and can hopefully have that same effect on me. Uh, potentially learning a little more Spanish as we have had on other people from other countries learning English. So um, I thought that was cool and just kind of wanted to highlight that. That is pretty cool. Yeah, I thought that was neat. Um, But that's kind of that. So before we get into the bulk of the episode, which includes an analysis of Don't Blame Me, a follow-up of I Did Something Bad, and of course, What Are Swifties Listening To? Let's hear about our sponsor for the episode. Episode 204 of Taylor Talk is brought to you by StoryWorth the easy and fun way for loved ones to share and memorialize stories through questions you never thought to ask. Get to know loved ones in a whole new way. For $20 off your subscription, visit storyworth.com slash taylortalk. Again, that's storyworth.com slash taylortalk. Alrighty, we're going to learn a little bit more about StoryWorth later in the episode. I wanted to start off with our follow-up from episode 203 on I Did Something Bad because we got a message from a longtime listener, Natalia, on Facebook. And um, she had an interesting perspective on the witch hunt. So I'm just going to read it word for word as she wrote it so that way I don't mess up her interpretation at all because that's quite possible for me to do. Anyway, she said, I think the main topic of this song is the witch hunt. Spoiler alert. 
<clears throat> I'm going in a feminist rant explaining what I think the song is about. When I think about the witch hunt, I think about powerful, sexual, and intellectual women being burnt because they are, quote, dangerous for the patriarchy. And in the song, the, quote, bad thing Taylor does is being outspoken. She's lacking in this department, but that's a discussion for another time. Um, so uh, bad thing Taylor does is being outspoken, talented, and it's not is not afraid to raise her hand to defend herself in beating in a beating. Ooh, sorry. I'm butchering this. Anyway. Just read the so words, Adam. I'm trying. I'm trying. It's hard. <laughs> when, when she calls out Kanye on her Grammy acceptance speech after he called her a bitch and said she owe, owed sex to him. So in the pre-chorus, quote, if a man talks shit, then I owe him nothing. I think perfectly describes how Kanye says he feels Taylor owes him sex because he made her famous and is like, Taylor is like, nah, nah, I owe you nothing. And I could go on and on about how men feel entitled to sex just because. Mm -hmm. Sorry, keep going. Yeah. Also, the next pre-chorus is talking about other men who did a number on Taylor and she's calling him out. The bridge is when she says, quote, they're burning all the witches, even if you aren't one. They got their pitchforks and proof, their receipts and reasons. This is a recall of the Salem witch trials where the witches were executed simply because of accusations with no real evidence or foundation. The important thing I realized is the witches were just women that men felt threatened by or didn't like. I mean, those were the triggering conditions for being a witch. Those were their receipts and reasons. And when she says witches in plural, I think she's referring to all the women who are being burnt, <clears throat> being burnt for being a threat to the system. One example is Hillary Clinton. Also, when she says, quote, so light me up is like a reclamation of the witch symbol, in my opinion. So the bad thing she did felt good to her because ultimately it's the right thing to do. I loved that. Mm, was good. I, I thought that was awesome. And I wish we had... I mean, like that opinion before we were exactly. Recorded? I wish we had <laughs> talked about that on last episode's podcast because I thought that was very in, um, in, very insightful. So thank you, Natalia. Well, thank that's you. why we can read it on follow-ups. Yeah. So it's perfect. So thank you, Natalia, for. Um, uh oh, my phone's going off. Sorry. Not anymore. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> please pardon the interruption. It's my mom calling. Uh oh. <laughs> Doesn't she know anyway. we're recording? No, she doesn't. Adam doesn't update her on every moment of his life. No. Thank goodness. <laughs> no, I don't. Anyway, so let's get into the bulk of the episode, right? So we're here today to talk about Don't Blame Me, which is actually, this is my jam on, on the, the album. This, this is, is the one. Song. This is the one I blast all the time in my car. It's got that like whole 1920s like Gatsby 1920s, feel to it, 1930s. It like the sound of it, the sound. Yeah, like no, the I'm sound makes me picture Taylor covered in jewels, like sitting on this chaise lounge. Like, um, <laughs> what? Y your uh, brain is an interesting place, Adam. Yeah, it is. I've got a lot of interesting thoughts, yeah. but I really like the sound of it. I think the sound is unique, and I think it really um, impacts the overall song. So let's talk about the song itself, right? One of the things I find most unique about this song is that it seems to align a, uh, align a love story to a drug addiction, but still maintains the theme of the, of the album. How does yeah. it fit with the theme of the album? Like, what do you mean by that? Okay, well, the theme of the album, and we're still speculating because we're what? This is four songs in now? Mm-hmm. Is it? Is it? Yeah. So we're four tracks in, right? Now, here's our overall theory for those kind of listening in for the first time is at least my theory anyway is i have this theory that this is actually a concept album that um features a bunch of songs that speak to a particular theme or idea i think there is this overarching theme for the entire album and in this case if i had to guess the theme is that um one's reputation is a very complex thing that doesn't actually exist, but is rather the co compilation of various thoughts and perspectives on who you are by other people. Mm -hmm. So that's what that's what I think the um, overall theme is. So then whose perspective on Taylor would this song be? Like, what is the perspective that, like, 
is happening here? I think it's the outside perspective uh, looking in on her because you have a lot of that craziness, right? Like, so she's using drugs as a metaphor for love, right? And right. drugs that make you crazy. That word crazy is repeated throughout mm-hmm. the song. So that's that's kind of where I think the perspective is, is that other people looking in and they're crafting Taylor's reputation. And like I said, the reputation is a complex thing because once we get into the lyrics, you'll see that this you can't easily identify what her reputation is by this song. You can see different characteristics and snippets of what people have said about her. And that's why I think it ties into the theme that the reputation is such a complex thing. Cool. So that's that's kind of it. And, um, you know, and, and that, I don't know. That's that's my thought on it without getting into the specific lyrics, which we'll do in just a moment unless you guys have anything else. Nope, let's do it. I, go I got a couple things. Oh, go, Steve. Yeah, don't <laughs> interrupt, Steve. Sorry, what, sorry. What's your it's, issue? it's all good. It's all good. I'll, I'll just stop uh, talking over here. So, so first off, you remember I'm doing this one song at a time. I am with you, Adam. This is the best song of the album so far. Yes. So I, I've i been listening to this on, on repeat because that's normally what I have to do to listen to each song is to continue to play it. Mm-hmm. This song can play a hundred times, and I'm still, it's not like I need yeah. to switch to a different song or whatever. It's so good every single time. And I've been trying to figure out what what underlying pieces of it are so good. I mean, the lyrics, obviously, we'll get into that. But just from listening to it, um, there's a couple of things that popped into my mind. Now, you guys were talking about how it had a almost like a 1920s sort of vibe to it to some degree. That's what I said. It feels like it's out of The Great Gatsby. Right. So what I think that is, is I think it's almost a folk song is what what this is and i think it's how the construction of the chorus is that uh you know because it has separate stanzas and you can just keep singing that part over and over again and that's usually kind of how a folk song works what is a folk song (laughs) sorry i'm I'm (laughs) sure i mean there's tons pretty much a lot of the songs that would have been made from you know, like the late 1800s to probably about the 1940s or 50s. That's usually about the range of where they were mainly folk songs, like things that, like Jimmy Crack Corn and, you know, just any of those Jimmy things you probably. S- right. That what you would sing as a kid, a lot of those are folk songs. And, okay. and it's because the of the stanzas of the chorus and how they go that that that's what it is. So. This song has that feeling to me because I can randomly be walking around all of a sudden I'm like, don't blame me. You know, <laughs> that, that's that's what's so good about this this tune compared to, you know, the other because I played the other songs back again just to be like, OK, is this really my favorite mm-hmm. or did I forget something in one of the other ones? And I'm like, no, this one is by far the best song on the album so far. You're right. Yeah, because <laughs> I'm sure there's other good ones that you guys like, too. Just right? wait, Steve. Just wait till oh. next week. No, I think Steve's going to be let down. I think this is the best one. Really? I okay. like next week's song, but whatever. You mean next episode song? Sorry, we're, yes. We're Sorry. off for the, we, we're Sorry, off for the year. <laughs> Diane's, Diane's like getting the hopes up of those people who remember when we recorded weekly. And Diane's mm-hmm. like, wait, what? Next week? Huh? What? Sorry. Sorry, people. It was my fault. Ears perk up. All right. Um, getting into the song then, right? So something interesting it does is it opens up with the chorus. I'm not used to songs doing that necessarily, but it opens up with the chorus, which is, of course, don't blame me. Love made me crazy. If it doesn't, you ain't doing it right. Lord, save me. My drug is my baby. I'll be using for the rest of my life. So right from the get go, she jumps into this drug reference where the drug is the metaphor for her love. Right. Mm -hmm. And like a drug, love makes you crazy. And I just think it's funny, you know, if it doesn't, you ain't doing it right. Because <laughs> I, I don't know how, how it, it's interesting for, for those wondering why I'm laughing before the episode. Um, Diane asked, she's like, so if we were a movie, what would we be rated at this point? Because, of course, the last episode used some uh, profanity as and we used by Taylor in a song. And we also used some before earlier in the episode. We were quoting Natalia when we, we used So that. we were using her profanity, yes, but it was in the episode. <laughs> so I'm not sure how deep to get into into drug use, but that uh, that that's kind of a thought. Like if you know you're you're a new person to perhaps say we'll keep it light, smoking marijuana, and and you don't get high. Well, you're you're not 
doing it right like you didn't inhale it correctly so but but that's what uh, relationships that can be like that too though there are people that you see together and they're just kind of going through the motions of it or at least one of the two people is going through the motions and then you find out later that that relationship just didn't last and then you're like i know exactly why that didn't last i mean that other person has to drive you crazy and crazy in a good way crazy in a bad way but just drive you crazy well, you know, I think the craziness, and Diane was asking why I thought this spoke to the, the my theme that I am predicting about reputation being a complex thing made up of, of several different areas and several different things, is I think this is one of the things right here is how many times since Taylor has been a celebrity have you heard her called crazy? Oh yep. my gosh, like in every single post online or something. Like mm-hmm. people are yeah like people want to i don't know they just get at her for everything and i guess this is one way that they do when she finds it you know love they're like oh here she goes again she's crazy for love and it's like well is that a bad thing or she's a crazy cat lady (laughs) or she's just crazy in general that that's is stated all the time so i think this is one of the areas that targets something that helps create this reputation that she has in this public publicly perceived reputation um what do you think there's any impact to opening with the chorus as opposed to a verse like you would traditionally sing with songs i i've seen a couple of things online of why they recommend doing that and it's you know sometimes based on the energy of it um Mm -hmm. but this this starts off really really soft in this verse as compared to the later choruses so yeah. I think that's one of the things that's rather interesting of it. Um, I feel that with this one, it almost draws you in. Like you want to know, it's like, okay, so she's crazy and, you know, her love for someone is, you know, her drug. What What is going on? What's the backstory of this? And it makes you want to listen to the later part of the song to find out, well, what, what happened? What What caused this? That's a great thought, um, and that could very well be why she opened with the chorus. Is, is it the chorus just makes the hook? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The chorus makes the hook, and it draws you in. Um, and now the sound, as I want to say, we'll see throughout our discussion, but we won't because we don't typically discuss the sound. But it sort of builds, right? And then it peaks at the bridge, and then fades out. Yeah. Um, but but I don't so know if it first, builds as much. You know, it does. First, it, this first well, this first chorus is build is probably the wrong word. It. It goes from kind of quieter to intense and then quieter again. So this like ebb and flow, which could be like when she has the drug and when she doesn't have the drug, maybe. I don't know. Because Well, yeah, I, I well, agree with that. She does reference being high throughout the song, not high, high necessarily on drugs, but high on love. That's yes. her sort of correlation that she draws between the two is that they're one and the same. But, but a lot of times musically, when it builds, you feel... The music itself builds, and the music mm-hmm. does not build in here. No. It, it It is emotionally building inside of you. So when it actually gets to the chorus, the, the second and third time, when it, the volume is ramped up, you're ready for it. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> Telling you. Best song on the album so far. <laughs> best total overall. Um, but you'll find out. Okay. You'll find out. Again, for a little brief pause, for those that are new and you're listening for the first time, Steve is providing a different perspective for us and is actually listening to this album one song at a time as we record it. So Steve has not heard anything beyond the first four tracks. Or or what she's previously released. But yeah, so So pretty much the only four that I've listened to are the first four off the album. I think I don't even I don't even know what's gasp. Right. (laughs) I don't even know what song's next on the album. Yes, you do. Haven't you seen the track list? Have you turned the album upside down? Uh, probably. I, actually, what I did is I made a playlist that I just repeat the one song in. Oh, my Lord. Okay. <laughs> it works. You, you want to be spoiled and know what song is next, Steve? No, you're, he you're, doesn't. You can say that. It doesn't matter because we can say I'll be listening to it soon hereafter we, because we I need to switch to the, the next song. All right, yeah. whatever. All right, let's get into the first verse now, now that we got past that opening chorus, right? You've got... I've been breaking hearts a long time and toying with them older guys. Just play things for me to use. Something happened for the first time in the darkest little paradise. Shaken, pacing, I just need you. Hmm. This is so good. No, it is. It's a great opening. It's a great opening verse. Um, 
you know, do you guys think there's any reason she keeps referring to past guys as being older? Well, that's just a fact. They are older. And I mean, that could say something about her in a way that she was trying to find something in these. Um, I don't know. It, it, she was maybe yeah. looking for more mature. Yeah. Maybe. Like more people, guys that were more serious about a relationship. Something like mm-hmm. that. Maybe, you know, she had been with other guys before and they were just too young and just cared about themselves. I, I don't know. Right. The, the yeah, other question is when they when she says older guys, is she even really referring to someone that is, you know, older age wise than, than she is? Or Adam, you do this on almost every episode where you listen, you talk about our old listeners. So is it more double just meanings pre- of words? So oh. you're talking about previous previous well, relationships with guys. guys just yeah. Things for me to use. So it should could be just past relationships, not particularly the age of the people that she is dating or playing around Mind with. Blown, Steve. Yeah. That's cool. You you, yeah, you, I mean, you can thank cool. Adam for that one. Uh, what did I do? You are You're the one that calls our our listeners our you know vintage listeners. listeners are they're our old friends yeah our longtime listeners anything don't call them older listeners they're our old <laughs> listeners you know i don't know whatever steve it's all good they haven't right, complained so, you know looking at the meanings of the words now the meanings of the lyrics right so toying with them older guys just play things for me to use i almost i'm almost getting like a sarcastic blank space vibe here kind of a little bit yeah, yeah. It, it's it's the here's what the media says about me type thing and again tying that back to the reputation's complex her reputation has been crafted not just by what people say in terms of word of mouth but also what the media says mm-hmm. well and, and that's you all, how they built her up and you also notice that those two lines there so she refers to toying so you're talking about toys and the next line you're talking about play things so you're talking about you know it's it's kind of like Talking about those older guys and saying, oh, you know what, I'm just playing around and, you know, using kind of those uh, less mature kind of words there. Definitely. Well, I think those are two powerful words here and very uh, specific word choice using toying and play things because they refer back to childhood. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of how I think a a lot of her reputation is portrayed is is still that like little girl. Mm hmm. But that's you know also I mean? opposite of the older guys. I'm sure you have some sort of English word that refers to her talking about, you know, younger stuff and then talking about older stuff, like, you know, how it's opposites. We, we used that stuff last week, Steve. Antithesis. Oh, antithesis. Word, yeah. Yes. Please use it again. <laughs> <laughs> use it in a sentence. <laughs> use it in a sentence. Um, the two concepts present an antithesis to one another. I don't know. Perfect. Okay. I don't even know if that was accurate or not. Sounds good to me. Uh, all right. Let's look at the <laughs> second half of the verse because the second half of the verse is a very different change in tone, right? Mm-hmm. So you've got, here's history, right? I've been breaking hearts, toying with them, their playthings. Now here's where it switches, even though it's in the same verse. Something happened for the first time in the darkest little paradise. Shaken, Payson, I just need you. So Diane had a great theory about Darkest Little Paradise. No, no, <laughs> no, no, no. You are not calling me out on the episode. <sighs> I did. D- Diane thinks it's even highlighted in yellow. What? Oh, Steve is going to be so embarrassed. I'm going to be embarrassed. You're all going to be embarrassed. She thinks. So, but if it's in the is, lyrics. This could... is why I asked, what are we going to rate this show? Because. I feel like at the beginning of this verse, she's just like, oh, these guys are just toys. And finally, I have found a man who understands my needs in terms she's, of sexual she's going, needs. She's going 50 shades of gray here. So oh. a dark little paradise is an unmentionable region. It's an unmentionable so region. So <laughs> something happened to me for the first time could refer to an act because then if you look at that third line of that second half of the verse, you've got shaken, pacing, I just need you. And it and it sounds very sexually charged. charged. Exactly. Um, and it, it, certain, it certainly does. The darkest little paradise is 
that happy place that <laughs> remains dark most of the time. Oh my and God. so Diane's very embarrassed. Her face is turning red right now, as it always because does. Because I didn't think we were going to talk about it. But this. this is a lyrical analysis, and it's what we do. We're, we're analyzing this from the perspective of a literary analysis. And, and later in the episode, there, there's going to be more discussion that kind of is similar in concept because there's other things in this song. But shaken pacin i just need you now that can go two ways right because in an unmentionable encounter oh that could God. be the reaction <laughs> whereas it can also be a reaction to drugs and if we're keeping with that whole drug idea where she's drawing this idea between drugs and love and the impacts on both um it actually supports your theory diane because if we're talking about drugs being a metaphor for love then love and drugs would have the same effect on a person. So yes. it's supporting your idea that a moment of love is happening and those are the results of it. But happening for the first time. So this is the first time, not necessarily... I, I don't. Wanna... I would say it's the first time that she has... It's been meaningful. Yes, exactly. Steve's sitting quiet. I think we embarrassed him. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> just trying to think i mean i think we should throw out that there is a lot of songs that reference love and drugs and everything else like that um just obvious, wait, steve just wait well uh, kesha love is my drug huey lewis in the news oh, yeah. i want a new drug you know that kind of stuff so yeah it is but again we're going at least i'm still going with the whole idea that reputation's a complex thing that doesn't really exist that's my whole theme okay. idea and in this case Taylor's reputation is clean and innocent mm -hmm. or her previous reputation to this album. And so again, the reputation doesn't actually exist. Here's real Taylor mm -hmm. and well, real Taylor well, does have relationships and real Taylor does have encounters with people that she is enamored by. Yeah. But shaking and pacing could be, you know, you get butterflies in your stomach on a relationship, uh, pacing, you know, waiting for someone to, text you back or call you you know you're just so pacing that around. would be the yeah. pg version yeah. of that lyric <laughs> see there's multiple ways to read this yes that's why i wanted to know what we were going to rate this show because i think we're still in the pg-13 zone i i do not think the conversation that i just had fit for that <laughs> yeah pg-13 pg-13 has allowed one f-bomb well let's not okay, use we're that we're not please. having any f-bombs <laughs> <laughs> just just saying if pg-13 can allow an f-bomb Okay. Um, then, then, okay. So that change in tone, the shaken pacing has this very anxious feeling, as Steve was saying, these butterflies right. in your stomach. And that leads into the, this pre-chorus here where you've got for you, I would cross the line. I would waste my time. I would lose my mind. They say she's gone too far this time. Mm. Steve, what's the fancy English word for what just happened there with I would, I would, I would. Uh, I think you're going to have to tell me because... I would not Isn't know. Repetition. I was just gonna say repetition. Oh, oh. well, that's <laughs> easy. Another word. For I that? wanted. There, I wanted like some big beginning. crazy word. There, there's. There I'm sure there's one, another though. word. But. There is one. It's, isn't it an aphora or is that something else? Maybe I like, don't know. Google search. I Google search time. When you repeat the beginning part of a sentence over and over again. Uh, the use well, of a word referring to or replacing a word in an earlier sentence to avoid repetition, such as do. In I like it, so do they. No, I'm wrong. Or in rhetoric, the repetition of a word or phrase at the beginning of successive clauses. Just kidding, I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> Anaphora. There's another word of the day. La last last episode's word of the week was antithesis. Now we have anaphora. Um, anyway, so we've talked about anxious repetition before. I, if I remember correctly, it first came up in our literary analyses here when we were discussing Out of the Woods. Yes. Yes. Um, where it's like, are we out of the woods yet? Are we out of the woods yet? Are we out of the woods yet? Are we out of the woods? Um, <laughs> you know, and you've, it creates that anxious sort of feeling. And I think this has the same effect here, but in a different way. Mm -hmm. It's like a little bit slower and not as fast, but I think it still has that same impact with, I would cross the line. I would waste my time. I would lose my mind. They say she's gone too far this time. I don't, it feels anxious to me. Mm -hmm. But it what does. line is she crossing? She would do... I mean, I don't think it's um, a certain 
I mean, I, don't know. I, think, I don't it's think it's just being used line. as a figure of speech yeah. there. I don't think there's a specific line. It's just saying I would do it if if the opportunity came. But what line is she crossing though? There has to still be something. It's just not just saying that. Like what? T- well, maybe perhaps it's perhaps it's using profanity on her album. <laughs> that's I don't think that's what that means. Maybe it's discussing sex on her album. Mm. Hmm. I don't know, but uh, Steve, I I don't think there is an act. I don't I don't know that there is an actual line. I think it's just being used as a figure of speech. Uh, you know, where all of them, all three lines collectively, are saying, "I would do anything for you," but I won't do that. Meatloaf. <laughs> God. I don't get the Only joke. you get that reference, Steve. Okay. I don't All even right. know what you're talking about. The, 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 you know, meatloaf. I would do anything for love, but I won't do that. You guys need to, like, <laughs> expand your musical horizons. Yes, probably. Just a little Steve, bit. Steve, I've got, I've got, like, three, four, sorry, four musical horizons. I got Taylor Swift, Ed Sheeran, Eminem, and the Beatles. Oh, and Panic at the Disco. I got five. Okay. That's a lot of horizons. Yeah. Those are my favorites, all on one hand. <laughs> okay. Anyway, have any more. so on that last line, they say she's gone too far this time. Who says? Who's they? Probably the media, because that's what they would say about her. Uh, I'm gonna say it's it's just people. You, you ever get into a relationship and people are like, I don't know what you're thinking. I don't know how you're gonna make that work. You Maybe know. it's everybody. Yeah. Maybe it's your parents. Yeah. No. Could be, could be anybody. Could be anybody. Anyway, so after the pre-chorus, it goes back into the chorus, which we already discussed. So, you know, we're going to kind of skip to the next verse, which is the verse, uh, my name is whatever you decide, and I'm just going to call you mine. I'm insane, but I'm your baby. Echoes of, Echoes. <laughs> of your name inside my mind, Halo. I, I, Hiding I my it. obsession. I once was poison ivy, but now I'm your daisy. All right, let's break it down. Yeah. So that first line, my name is whatever you decide, and I'm just going to call you mine. Um, what are you guys thinking? Hmm. Crickets, crickets. Crickets, chirp, chirp. I mean, there's many ways you could think of it. It could be referring to, uh, like, her last name. Uh, okay. That's... So, like, if they would get married, and then she would take his name and that kind of stuff. So that's a possibility. I think it's also interesting too because she's telling him or whoever that they can call her whatever they want and Mm -hmm. that kind of i mean could be a bad thing so i mean i except if she's speaking in terms of the relationship my name is whatever you decide what i was kind of thinking along the lines of is well you hear all these things that are said about me so pick you decide pick one either i'm also yours because she says you know i'm just gonna call you mine so either i'm also yours or take your pick huh. yeah I I like that, that could That's be cool. or, or it could be uh a lot of times people have a cute name that they call each other kind of thing could be like that well gosh there's a line that in my head my theory connects to in a different song that i can't say in front of steve oh yes you can you just don't have to tell him what song it is well, I'm oh. trying to remember the exact line anyway. <laughs> it's, um... Should, should I not listen here? Should I just be quiet? It's, Diane, help me out. It's, uh... Um, I don't know what you're talking about. It's, <laughs> like, my baby, here's what they're saying about me. What, what... <sighs> call it what you want? Call it what you want. Yeah, because it's saying you can call me what you No, 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 no. Stop ruining the songs for me. <laughs> You've heard call, call it what you want. No, he hasn't. No. Yes, he has. That, that came out before the album. Oh. No, it Maybe. didn't. Yes, it did. No, it didn't. Oh, my God. Yeah, Everyone help it. me. Yes, it did. No, it yeah. didn't. Yeah, call it what you want. Let's continue on. What line? <laughs> Diane, I'll point to the song on the album okay, so I don't say it in front of Steve. Okay, point to the song on the album. Which it's, one? It's, I think it's this one. Oh, okay. That's 13? Track 13. Track 13? Okay. I Which will remain about. unnamed at this point in time. It's the part, you know, my mama had to listen to all this drama. Oh, yeah. Like, what did what did she say about my baby? Um, <laughs> I need to, I need to, to listen to all this drama. Um, stop it. Don't ruin it for Steve. You guys keep talking for a minute. Um, so. 
uh, well, I'm going to throw out some other stuff com- that kind of ties back into the beginning stuff. The other thing she keeps talking about is her baby. Like, uh-huh. you're, my, you're my baby, that kind of stuff. Which goes back a little bit to using some of those words, toy and play, play thing. All that kind of younger references in the mm-hmm. song, which is interesting. You know, because she could say, you're my man or something like that. or yeah, It doesn't but sound she, right, though. Well, I, I'm sure it doesn't. But it is kind of like she's purposely putting that in there as opposed to, oh, well, it just sounds better in the rhyme. Well, I, I found the line, Steve, okay. in the meantime, because it was bothering me. Okay. She said, and here's to my baby. He ain't reading what they call me lately. There it is. Okay. So <laughs> tying it back around in case you forgot what my idea was here is that, you know, you hear what's said about me. Now you decide um, that other line, of course, says he ain't reading what they call me lately. So. It could be that he doesn't know what other people are saying because he's not reading it, and therefore he can see her as whoever he wants to. Although I think this song happens before the song that you're talking about at the end of the album because I think this song is more like the beginning of their relationship as opposed to when they are, you know, like actually in a, you know, yeah. This happens at the beginning whatever okay i got i got got one more song that keeps popping in my head with all these baby lines in it and that's somebody's baby by jackson brown no what sorry steve jackson brown somebody's baby okay that would probably be one only steve knows i actually know that one but i can get it in my head you got the shopping malls they play that song well then it's a good song Let's, let's keep talking about this verse, though, because there's a lot to this verse I want to discuss. And I definitely want to discuss her word choice of echo. Echo. Um, you know, because it's something she's used before, but echoes of your name inside my mind. So, you know, it would be the name bouncing around in there. It could be thoughts, thoughts of the name, thoughts because of the person. Because she's, like, obsessed with him and she thinks about him all the time and she wants him as her drug. But why the word Echo. Echo. Because so it can go echo, echo. Like, so the word can actually do that in the song. But why not echo. Why not thoughts of your name inside my mind? Because, like, it doesn't sound as powerful. Exactly. I think that's kind of what I'm getting at. Is, is echo to me is sort of, it's like, a, it has sort of this sensory feeling to it. Like, you can feel the word. Where if it's like thoughts of your name inside my head, like echoes, thoughts. It could in terms of number of syllables go either way but there's something stronger about echo something that makes you feel something yeah. I, I think in this case I, I to me anyway it adds that anxious feeling well back. adam I, I think the difference is if you're thinking about something then then that is what you're currently doing where echo is something that is responding so it's not something she's doing the echo is its own thing oh that's good so it so it is more yeah so like that just is in her head it's not something that she's consciously right thinking about it's mm-hmm. passive cool yeah it's kind of a passive thing that just won't go away oh. steve you're so smart sometimes what's it the the good songs the the be- <laughs> you will find it. out the better the song that taylor writes the better that i can analyze it well, that's true. That would be for all of us, Steve. There is, um, <laughs> there's more, when there's more substance to it, of course, you can do a better analysis. Right. And, and this verse has a lot to it still because we're still going with it. So Halo, Hiding My Obsession, uh, that one, that stumped me for a while. I did a lot of thinking on this, on Halo. And I'm like, what could it possibly mean? I was thinking along the lines of the drug theme where there is actually a drug called Halo, apparently. Um, oh, I didn't know that. I didn't either, but I I, tried, I Googled it. And... Yeah, what did you say? Wow. What? <laughs> okay. I didn't know that there was a oh, okay. drug called Halo. And so the best theory that I could kind of come up with is a Halo, you're typically going to see, you know, the little ring around the head of an angel, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So in her case, the Halo hiding my obsession is an angel hiding the devil within. Ooh, so mm, yeah. she is, she is uh, pretending that she doesn't have this obsession to this quote-unquote drug so she's like pretending like she's not with this person or she's not thinking about this person she's hiding the addiction yeah the angel is hiding the devil she may not be 
trying to hide it though it's people's perception that oh she's a good girl kind of thing so the angel perspective is hiding the true devil mm-hmm. or the true or the true obsession person. well obsession all that an obsession is always looked upon as a negative connotation of sorts so that would yeah. make sense the halo is your good your obsession is your bad it is but this angel devil light dark good bad thing continues in the next line where she says i once was poison ivy but now i'm your daisy so she's using you know symbolism here with poison ivy representing something and the, and daisy representing something and going off steve's million dollar word connotation i love that word um poison ivy just feels evil because you yeah. know what poison ivy does to you it, it creates you a itch. rash and itchy and all that stuff mm-hmm. and it feels bad where a daisy in my head i picture bright and cheery yeah, and, and light and, and cheery, which is interesting because this is the only part of the song where it seems bright and cheery and you know that like nice feeling when i mean yeah it i mean like it kind of seems out of place in a way. Right? Do you think so? I, I don't know that it Daisy seems... Daisy sounds so positive. Out of place because if we're going with um, the um, sort of opposites contrasting to sort of make each other stand out in this case, I think, you know, it, had she not used a plant and a plant to symbolize both the light and the dark, you know, had she said, like, I once was dark, but now I'm happy i i don't know it just doesn't have the same impact as poison ivy and daisy and poison ivy doesn't actually have to be poison ivy the plant it could be poison ivy the character from batman ah that's a theory that is a theory i've I've seen and considered and i'm fascinated you brought that up because one thing i was toying around with is that daisy is daisy from gatsby Mm -hmm. Mm, okay because Daisy from Gatsby, wasn't she like an alcoholic or something? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So that kind of goes with the obsession. Alcoholics. That goes with the obsession theme. Um, or not the obsession, uh, the drug addiction. The theme, ad- addiction theme. Yeah. Um, and then what also goes with that theme is they're both plants. <laughs> Thank you, Diane. Just like pot is a plant. I don't know if it was going that far. Uh, well, that's just what I, I think thinking. you've gone too far this time. Oh, thanks. <laughs> We won't blame you. Well, well, a a daisy is also a perennial, so it will always. A uh, perennial is a plant that uh, will always come back, or at least it's supposed to come back. Like if you grow it, and then for winter it will, you know, go back under the ground, and it will grow back again in the spring. Oh, okay. So I don't know if that's part of the particular reason why. Because when I read the line, I was like, "Why did you choose daisy?" Other than sounds good enough to go with baby you know there's uh-huh. enough of a rhyme yeah it's a slant rhyme but also being a perennial plant shows that that love will be forever what do you guys think i just thought of um what do you think of the idea that these couple lines could be presenting her conscience where if you've got halo and obsession, you've got the little angel and devil on either shoulder, and same with poison ivy. Poison ivy's the devil, Daisy's the angel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Um, it, also, is it a lot possible of she's analyzing her own conscience here. Halo hiding my obsession. I once was poison ivy, mm-hmm. but now I'm your Daisy. Could be. Hmm. And what were you uh, gonna say, Steve? You were gonna well, say something before. A, there's different daisies out there, but. A lot of them that you'll see, it's has the little yellow center, but it has the, the white uh, flower on it. So that would go along with your positive part, um, the good of a daisy, since it would be white. Because white is normally a color that is associated with good. Well, you know, I, I think there's no doubt that there's the light and dark ideas going on here. It's just how she's using it that's kind of escaping me a little bit. Mm-hmm. So um, that's that's kind of that. Let's take a quick moment to hear a little bit more about our sponsor. Do you ever feel like certain family members are really difficult to find great, meaningful gifts for? Enter StoryWorth. StoryWorth makes it easy and fun for your loved ones to share stories with weekly questions you never thought to ask. The questions are easy to answer and a great way to learn more about your relatives through entertaining, surprising, and sometimes very moving responses. 
the loved one you gift a subscription of StoryWorth to will receive one year of weekly story prompts to respond to through email or a phone-in number. Then at the end of the year, the stories will all be bound in a hardcover printed book. Throughout the process, all stories are kept private and only shared with those the storyteller chooses to share them with. This holiday season, I decided to give StoryWorth to my 93-year-old grandmother. Always being fascinated by history, it occurred to me how incredibly powerful it would be to hear stories from someone who lived through so many significant moments in time. I'm super stoked to hear all her stories from the World War II era and hopefully learn more about my grandpa who was actually at Pearl Harbor when it came under attack. What was she feeling? What was that moment truly like when she heard the news that her husband's base was under attack? It must have been terrifying. I feel like so many of my grandma's incredible stories would become lost in time without story worth. And I know it's going to be an incredible gift to my family as a whole to have the stories of her life bound and memorialized in a physical book when my grandma's finished telling them. StoryWorth is without a doubt one of the most incredible services I've come across, and I highly recommend you visit storyworth.com slash talk to take advantage of receiving $20 off your subscription. It's the perfect gift for the holiday season, and you really don't want to miss out on the opportunity to have your own relatives share their stories before it's too late. Again, for $20 off, visit storyworth.com slash talk. That's storyworth.com slash Taylor talk. All right, guys. Hey, so um, now we're going to go into the, the next pre-chorus where we've got, and baby for you, I would fall from grace just to touch your face. If you walk away, I beg you on my knees to stay. You know, I, I'm starting to wonder if the song shows the path of a drug addict. Because <laughs> because this pre-chorus to me feels like the desperate, desperate feeling from withdrawals, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I would fall from grace just to touch your face. If you walk away, I beg you on my knees to say it. I would do anything to get one more little high. Like, I need you. I need this. Yeah, that doesn't sound very um, romantic here. <laughs> no, 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 no. Not, but at the same time, is is the course of falling in love not kind of like a drug addiction? Where earlier, you know, Steve was mentioning the, the anxious feeling relating to kind of the butterflies in the stomach at the beginning. And then... You know, now you're at a point where maybe you're at like this sort of turning point, like maybe it's going to work, maybe it's not, but she's desperate to make it work. And that's where this sort of anxious feeling is coming from and this uh, equivalent of the withdrawal symptoms from when you try and break an addiction. Yeah. See, I was going not so much the, the drug route. I was going fall from grace. Um, which there's a couple of different meanings that are usually used. Um, for instance, in this case, it could be a fallen angel, you know, because she's referring to herself as an angel earlier. And now it's like, okay, well now I'm be a fallen angel. If, if I'm going to be with you, uh, the other one is for instance, Adam and Eve taking a bite of the apple and you know, that was their fall from grace there too. So, and perhaps in Taylor's case as a writer, it's that she would give up all her fame and everything she has to make this succeed and, mm-hmm. and to experience true love with someone. Right, because she would be giving something up for falling from grace. Um, normally, they kind of mean that as immortality and, and such, if you want to go like a literary way through it. But, you know, she would be giving up her life as it is now to be with that person. And she's OK with that. I like that theory, Steve. So, Diane, do you have anything on it? Pre-chorus two? No, I'm okay. We can move on. Diane's like, I'm good. No, that's fine because, you know, the next it goes into the chorus, which, of course, we'll skip again because we already covered the chorus, into my favorite, favorite part of the song, and that is the bridge, right? So that starts with, I get so high. Thank you, Diane. I, I, sorry, I didn't know we were doing the song. I know. That's what you always do for <laughs> okay. me. You do the sound effects. So, I get so high. Oh. <laughs> uh, every time you're, every time you're loving me, you're loving me. Trip of my life. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> every time you're, every time you're touching me, you're touching me. So that's the first half. We'll get to the next part in just a moment. But okay. so I get so high, obvious drug reference there, right? Mm-hmm. Right. 
We've got the drug reference. Every time you're loving me. And this is why I said earlier we're going to get a little PG-13 slash R-rated maybe towards the later part of the episode too because now we're getting into every time you're loving me, um, you know, and then trip of my life every time you're touching me. Yeah, sounds like sex. Well, well, trip, trip would be your drug reference there again. Right, yeah. Right, but she's using drugs again as a metaphor for an experience with love, and in, in this case, um, in this case, it's the trip of my life. Having sex is the ultimate high. There is how I'm interpreting that line. But right. You, but you could interpret it other ways too. Uh, they always say that that love is a journey. You know, it's a trip that you have to travel you know it's an adventure for the entire of your entire life so there your trip of your life is your time with that person for the rest of your life kind of thing but why would she be using a drug trip as a reference i think it's a point of using multiple things that it could be okay but i think one thing that is important to note on either theory is um the idea that when it's every time you're loving me, every time you're touching me, that it's important to note that what she's referring to is you get so high and you have the trip of your life only when it's the true love, when you're with the right person. Mm-hmm. That's when you have the trip of your life. So I, I think it's not just being dirty and saying you have the trip of your life every time that one might have a sexual encounter or a physical encounter with another. But when it's with that right person, that is the ultimate high. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That sounds good to me. Now Diane's sitting on the sideline. She's embarrassed now from the last discussion. I'm not embarrassed. <laughs> All right. So that's the first half of the bridge. Second half is my favorite part to actually listen to, right? Because you've got where it repeats every time you're every time you're loving me, and the music slows down. It actually stops, and then it much. stops. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So on every time you're every time you're loving me, it slows down. Then it stops, and she sings, "Oh Lord, save me. My drug is my baby. I'll be using for the rest of my life." acapella and it sounds so powerful because Mm. it's like her and a it's yeah it's just like this huge sound like this huge swell and it's only her singing it's really cool it it is and it sounds to me as though she is harmonizing with herself i looked at the credits in the album cover and it says that backing vocals are by taylor and max martin um, however, I, I don't necessarily hear any sort of male voice in there. It sounds like only Taylor. Well, it could be tuned a little bit. Um, either that or perhaps, well, I don't, I don't know what would be described as backing vocals, but either way, for the most part, it's, it's definitely Taylor there singing with herself acapella mm-hmm. and it, that adds to the strength and the power of this reference where she says, my drug is my baby. I'll be using for the rest of my life. So um, this is where, in my mind, Diane, you were talking about the ebb and flow of the song, the the rise and the fall. This is that peak in terms of sound. Yep. This is the peak where, where it sort of tops out there. And, um, you know, acapella, I was looking it up earlier, trying to figure out exactly um, what its sort of history was and, like, what it, the significance of it is. And I thought it was interesting to note, at least according to Wikipedia, that acapella is Italian for in the manner of the chapel. And I thought that was really interesting because when this album first came out, I loved this song immediately. And I it was one specifically I, I sent over to my mom to listen to. And she said this it, one? Oh, I know. I know, slightly inappropriate, but <laughs> hey, mom, listen to this song about. Don't sex. listen to the lyrics. <laughs> well, in all fairness, we hadn't done this analysis yet, and I didn't realize the you didn't realize un- it? undertones, and I didn't realize how strong they were. But that's not the point. Her first comment was, "It sounded like a song you would hear in a church." It does, especially yes. this part, because it, yeah, it kind of sounds like a church choir singing it together, like like praying on your knees, yeah. kind of thing. Uh-huh. And I mean, she does have the line, Lord save me. So I think there are some certain religious undertones in this song as well, despite it being about the ultimate sin. <laughs> what Diane said. <laughs> um, what else you guys got? Uh, I got one other song that this made me think of, and I can't 100% figure out why. Maybe it's the Lord line compared to where it is of this other song. 
But uh, 16 Tons, that's another classic folk song you guys have probably heard. Mm, sing it for us, Steve. You know, the, the 16 Tons, what do you get? Another Day Older and Deeper in Debt, that one? I don't know that I know that what? one. What? Sounds like the theme song to my life, though. Okay. Do you, do you owe your soul to the company store? I owe my soul to Amazon, probably. <laughs> the Amazon store. Yeah. All right. The whole world does. Um, <laughs> so do you guys have any last thoughts on the song? Anything else that we haven't covered? I just hope that there are other songs on the album that are as good as this one. Oh, don't you worry, Steve. Okay. Wait till next episode. Okay. Because eh. I have a feeling eh. you and I tend to like the same songs, right. and the next song is one of my faves. Okay. We do have that special connection when it comes to we the songs. Do. We do, yep. All righty, guys. So um, just to kind of sum it all up, you know, at least my theory, and you guys can contradict me or comment if, if you want, is I do think that this song does tie into the theory that this is a concept album, that there is an overarching theme that crosses through every single track on the album. And like I said, my theory of that is that one's reputation is a very complex thing created by many different factors that in theory doesn't necessarily exist because it's what other people say about you which may or may not be true yeah i know there's there 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 is some definitely some uh items in here of perception and reputation i will go with that Mm -hmm. adam thank you steve so we'll we'll just keep on going when we get to the next song on the track which of course will be am i allowed to say the title yet yes Okay, the next song will be Delicate. Like I said, that's going to come up, uh, you know, after the new year. We're going to take a little break here for the holidays. Uh, But we will get to that when we get to that. So definitely, uh, if you haven't already, hit that subscribe button on iTunes to make sure that you get every new episode as it comes out. It'll automatically be downloaded to your iTunes library for you when you hit that subscribe. Alrighty, before we get going, I love the segment, What Are Swifties Listening To?, where we get to introduce music that is not taylor swift's music and in this case what are swifties listening to was submitted by yours truly by adam so it really should be what is adam listening to but it's a very important one because this one was awesome came out just this past friday for point of reference today is uh sunday december 17th that we're recording so it came out on friday the 15th and that was eminem's new album revival which I don't believe he's had an album in a long time. And Eminem, was, I was a big fan as a kid growing up, and the fact that he came out with a new album is, is super awesome to me. And it's incredibly impactful and powerful and meaningful and has a lot of, um, a lot of very actually political themes in it that are very relevant currently, particularly in the United States. And specifically, there's, there's a song that I really enjoy and blast, and it's called Like Home. It features Alicia Keys' So um, fair warning, the album, as you would expect from Eminem, is explicit. So if that's the type of music that offends you, then, you know, maybe don't try listen and, to it. Yeah, don't listen to it. Just don't but, do it. Um, you know, if the explicit music does not offend you, I highly, highly recommend that album and specifically the song Light Home featuring Alicia Keys. So um, that's kind of that. Any last? Oh, man, I almost forgot to rate the song again. Oh, we got some people wow, saying you got to do me. that. Yeah, Don't blame I know, Don't blame them. <laughs> people yelled at us for that when we forgot to rate a song. So, Steve, on a scale of 1 to 13, don't blame me, where 1 is terrible and 13 is off the charts awesome. I got to go 13. It was between hey. 12 and 13, but I just had to go 13 because it is the best song on the album so far. So far, Diane? So far. 13 out of 13, there's nothing about this song that I don't like. Sweet. Well, Adam. You guys know I always give it a 13. So. Well, wow. no. We, we, need, we oh, need to hear you say that, though. 13 out of 13. I, I just said 13. So okay. this is the first song so far off Reputation that has gotten a 13 across the board from all three of our panelists here. Yay. So and it'll probably be the last one because I don't anticipate another song that we are all going to love. Oh. <laughs> So okay, first and then. last just my prediction maybe i'll be wrong okay then all righty guys any last thoughts before we wrap it up nope i think that's good all righty 
So in that case, as I mentioned before, if you haven't hit that subscribe button on iTunes, be sure to do so. So that way, when episode 205 does come out in the new year, you'll get it as soon as it is available to download automatically. If you're not already, please go follow us on Twitter at TaylorTalk13 and also on Facebook, TaylorTalk13. Let us know your thoughts on the episode. And just like Natalia earlier in the episode, we might read it you know, in a follow-up on a future episode. So um, definitely reach out to us with any questions, comments, concerns, or issues. Please go on iTunes. Leave us a review. You can get there by going to taylortalk.org. That's the shortcut. It'll take you straight there. So please leave us that review if you would be ever so kind. We'd really, really appreciate it. So now for episode 204 of Taylor Talk, the Taylor Swift podcast, this has been Adam, Diane, and Steve saying have a great holiday season, guys, and a happy new year. We'll see you all in 2018. Bye-bye. Happy holidays. This podcast is not directly affiliated with Taylor Swift.